2: Let's do this thing! Okay, I'm so excited! Here we go! <laughs> there she is! Here we go! There
3: All she right, is! All right, I tried something a little different, so let's just feel it out, okay?
2: Okay. Uh
0: oh.
3: Ah! Ah! Ray's gonna look and see if it's the right run
2: look before he does anything. Woo! At the top in motion. Second and goal to the end zone, and right on the goal line, it is caught by Hogan for the touchdown. Here comes the onside kick, and it is grabbed with complete control by Ebner. They got one shot for the game. One play in Evans to the end zone, and it's incomplete! And the Patriots hold on for the victory. Yes, the Patriots held on for the victory. Tom Brady threw for 303 yards and one touchdown, and uh, the Patriots defense, which has been so maligned historically bad in the first quarter of the season, stepped up uh, against the New England against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with uh, the help uh, of Nick Folk, of course. A 1914 win for the Pats uh, that improves the defending Super Bowl record, champions record to three and two. And um, I'm here. This is Dan is here with Greg Rosenthal and uh, Erica Tamposi uh, behind the glass, celebrating like a maniac. It's Tamposi's
4: world. Love the the remix at the top of the show.
3: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. That didn't sound good. I didn't like that. But uh, what can I do at this point? Um, all right, let's get into it, uh, Greg. Uh, this was not a perfect performance uh, by the Patriots, but the defense really did. Uh, step up, especially in light of how how t- how terrible they've been, and the short week and all that. The defense deserves a lot of credit, and the Bucks seem to be just out of sorts right now.
4: They are offensively, and I think you give Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia a you know a kudos for their game plan. They backed up all night. They really. Took away the deep ball. They made Jameis be patient and work the ball slowly down the field and execute. And he really wasn't up to it. And yes, it was close at the end. And I think the Patriots offensively will really regret not putting this game away. That was really on. That's really on old Tommy, who had a couple great quarters, uh, but they were quiet in the fourth quarter because a couple turnovers
2: too.
3: By the way,
4: going uh, Temposi.
3: Oh I saw them
4: oh yeah. you know one of them not really on top Brady. three guy hits him in the back but that those turnovers point out what complimentary football this was because the Bucks didn't score off of either of those turnovers the Bucks had one hundred and sixty yards going into the fourth quarter so until until late when the Patriots offense really couldn't get anything going uh, they, the defense did the job
2: yes uh, the defense played very well I was extremely uh, and by the way I locked this up Thanks by the way guys oh yeah. The old Zeus removes to three and two. I'll take a Patriots lock any day of the week. Well, was it was a no lose
4: for me either. Either you, you know, either the Patriots win or you get the lock
2: run. Uh, yeah, but you did fall another half game behind in the lock standings. So let's 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 be honest <laughs> let's about that. Let's pipe
4: down with the lock standings. No one's even d- defined what a lock has to be, but that's beside the point.
2: Look at you, salty, so salty. Um, all right. So the pro I was so disappointed in the in the Bucks, and and I thought they played a. A terrible game. Jameis Winston, can you make a play, buddy? I mean, you go the whole game. He finally heats up a little bit near the end, and and you can't completely blame him. Uh, and Nick Folk, you know, they have – it's a curse or something going on in Tampa with the kicker situation, uh, missing a 31-yarder. That That is outrageous to me. But So, yes, the, to me, the story of the game is the Patriots getting – it together on defense but the bucks are as big a story to me that they just don't seem to have it together doug martin comes back doug martin to me looked good and for him to come on the field look good and winston to miss so many throws to have a lot of unforced errors to miss those field goals i mean it just it was not a cohesive effort by tampa
4: they haven't been cohesive all year offensively and it's early and we're seeing it with this patriots team these teams figure themselves out as they go but if you're a Buccaneers fan, or you're Dirk Cutter, or Jameis Winston, you have to be concerned because I've watched all four of these Buccaneers games, and uneven. This is very similar to the to the rest of them, where they'll have little stretches where they pop, and you see all the different weapons, and that gets you excited. But for the most part, it's a lot of erratic play, and Stefan Gilmore, and you know Malcolm Butler. Certainly deserves some credit for doing a good job on the back end. It was definitely a good day for the secondary. Uh, but sometimes you're, you're right. you got to make a play. And Tom Brady, who had the worst quarter, I would say, of his season in the first quarter with an overthrow, a couple other off-target throws, was on fire for a couple quarters, second and third quarter. I mean, some of the prettiest throws you ever want to see. And that's a quarterback making a play. And ultimately, that was enough to get them to the win.
2: And, you know, the Bucks are missing several key players, including – levante david that can't be yeah over
4: safeties Quan alexander it was a night i would have expected the patriots to score a lot more than 19
2: yeah and the patriots missing gronk who uh who was a late scratch right before the game uh yeah i i thought on the Patriots side of the ball the um danny Amendola is as long as he stays healthy he's <laughs> going to continue to be a productive guy eight targets eight receptions chris hogan continues to be a guy i mean the Patriots are always going to be fine on offense. I want to see what happens next after this week. I think they did catch the Bucks in a weird place. They did not play well, and they got a little hey. bit, they got a little lucky, let's be it was honest. A, it was let's the, be honest. They got a little bit lucky uh, that Nick Folk couldn't make a kick yeah, today. That, Three the, misses. That's a, a big deal.
4: Absolutely, but it's not like you can just add those nine points and say, no. oh, they, oh, they would have won because the Patriots played this game from ahead, it, For a while, I thought Belichick was going to love this. It was like the first ugly sort of game they really controlled the whole time. They did not play well with the lead in the fourth quarter, but they would have played everything differently if Folk had, had hit those kicks. But but you mentioned Amendola. I mean, I don't know if you watched uh, the Loose Cannon's Twitter account during this. I don't track it too closely. It no. was hot. It was on fire. I mean, there was a lot going on. Uh, there was a lot going on. I mean, a lot a lot of slack sentiment. My way of looking just like uh, run, you know, she was she was hurt. I, I mean, when Danny Amendola tripped that one time, I don't know.
2: Wow. What a, what a special moment uh, for the throne of ease. And uh, one one other thing that really jumped out to me and shows you, you know, what a bad night uh, the Bucks had on offense. Sixteen uh, seven. The Patriots have a lead they can line up and kick a 52-yard field goal or attempt a 52-yard field goal, and their kickers look good uh, and hit, what, a 58-yard week before. They, they choose to punt, right. and I, uh, Tony Romo, who had another excellent game, by the way, he had the best game of the night, uh, players, coaches, uh, announcers included, another great game by Tony. He said they don't think they can score on them twice. Think about that. This is the Patriots defense that came into the game on pace to have the worst defense ever, and the Bucks were so poor that the, the Pats had enough of uh, their chest-thumping to think, we can beat these guys with our defense. That's it, interesting. It, it, it's an it, indictment it, of the Bucks.
4: And and to that point of the game, it made total sense. The Bucks almost proved them wrong. you got to give the Bucks some credit for three straight long drives there in the fourth quarter, including one where, where Folk – Um, missed it. I also give, you know, Belichick and Brady some credit that late in the game, they're going empty. No one's in the backfield when it's clock killing time. It's third and eight. They're just throwing the ball anyways. They're not worried about incompletes. They're just trusting Tom Brady. Yeah,
2: I did. I think, you know what? When you got Tom Brady, you could do those things. Not many teams can. Um, All right. So that's it for the Thursday Night Football game. We have so much more to get to. So let's get uh, connected with Mark Sessler and uh, start the week five preview. We roll on.
3: Yeah, baby. (laughs) The Around the NFL podcast knows
0: where the hot dogs are kept.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys?
1: Hey, hey, hey. Hi, hi, hi. It's really Colleen. That was catchy from Greg. That could be a new kind <laughs> yeah. of stand-in for Wes. Can I hear it again? Hey, hey, hey. Not bad. That's what I think of when I think of Greg.
2: Do you want to make that the official, like, uh, substitute no, greeting from No, We,
4: <laughs> we miss Christopher Wesling in countless ways, and uh, that's one of them.
2: That's true. I, yeah, I mean, Greg, Mark was pounding the table for you a little bit there. I was not. <laughs>
1: I don't, I'm yeah. just saying I thought it fits Greg. You did a good job with it. It's it's a sound drop that makes me think of sort of Greg-esque things.
2: Yeah, I, okay. I see what you're saying there. I'm reading between the lines there. This is the uh, Week 5 preview uh, episode, uh, sponsored, of course, and presented by Head & Shoulders. Uh, you heard at the top of the show our recap of Patriots at Bucks, uh, but we got a lot more to get to, although this is – well, I, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say this is the first week with teams on bye, but uh, Hurricane – stuff led to the Dolphins and the, the Bucks and two other teams having buys. Is that correct? They were they were the only or were they two. playing Just each other. It, started, it feels like a long time ago already. So those yeah. yeah, those two teams had the week one buy, but this week the Falcons Broncos Saints and Redskins all on buy. so fewer games to get to but that doesn't mean that it's going to be a lesser effort. Greg we are in it might be to the contrary in fact.
4: That would be a strange reaction if we <laughs>
2: take our foot off the pedal. Two less games.
4: Yeah, let's just uh, let's not really care <laughs> this week.
2: <laughs> and you know, just everybody. I want everybody. Like I want to say at the top of the show, just to keep. You know, keep. I'm not gonna say keep an eye because you can't, but keep an ear out for Tamposi. She's very fired up with the the Cam Newton controversy and uh, general like she. You know, a lot of aggression toward us. I thought it was misguided a little bit. Uh, before the show, I want to see if it carries over when the when the the old tape's rolling. How you doing?
3: <laughs> doing good. Yeah, doing great.
2: We you know doing that doing we good. are big time supporters of you and all women in sports media. Yes. OK,
3: totally. Just making that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. Don't don't be a man about it and get all emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't at you. It's at Cam Newton. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um,
3: way to make it about you.
2: <laughs> see, this, I, I, see, this is what I was talking about. I, I just try to talk to Erica, and then I walk into these traps. I got no way out.
1: It checks out on some level, but we we'll, <laughs> let's forge on.
2: Anyway, so we got the loose cannon behind the glass. We're happy to have her, uh, and uh, we have a lot to get to. So why don't we get into the games? Uh, no need to, to mess around any further, uh, and let's start. Gentlemen, am I forgetting anything? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'm not.
3: Do you want to play the Cam Newton thing?
2: No, we're, we're going to get to that. We'll get to that when we talk Panthers. But um, let's start. Let's get going. Oh, Mark
4: had a, a, a newborn daughter. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Isabel Rose. That's exactly Bessler. right. Thank you. Wow. You got to shut that thing down, Mark.
3: Wait, really?
1: <laughs> no, I was just trying to.
3: Oh, my God. I was like, uh, uh, are you? I
1: wasn't going to announce it on this show. I didn't think it was, you know, big enough to make the rundown. But Dan's shoved it into the lineups. So. And by
2: the way, now there will be an Isabel Rose Sessler Twitter handle yeah, out there. We'll get it's some about pictures. 24 hours. So I'm excited about that. Um, OK, yeah, let's get into the games and we'll start uh, with sneaky. One of my favorite games of the week. Greg Rosenthal, uh, the Buffalo Bills three and one first place alone in first place in the AFC East. And uh, now they go on the road to face a 1-3 team. So you're thinking to yourself, whoa, things are looking good for the Bills. Not only are they in first place, they get to play a 1-3 team. But I'll tell you what, Greg, I'm going to let you set this up. Um, <laughs> but I got feelings on this. I don't, I'm not ready to count out Cincinnati, and I feel like they have a really good chance this week.
4: Well, I already feel like I'm getting in the way of your love for bit. this game. I, I, if it's not... I don't think it's too late for you to claim this game as the one you watch on Sunday morning. I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of... you guys mind? I, I don't think there's a lot of competition on Bills-Bengals as the hot game of the week. <laughs> hmm. Well,
1: I, I here's the thing. Watching <laughs> the Bills not. this week, but not only this week, every week, one of the best coach teams in the NFL. Yeah. And everyone, and Sean McVay, I get it, is a rock star at this point in time in the NFL season. But Sean McDermott's getting a little overlooked. I love what he's done with this Bills team up till now.
4: Well, he's going to have to figure out how to score some points in this game. The Bengals' defense has been solid, third in the league in points allowed. No Jordan Matthews, you think. Okay, yeah, he's a solid receiver, but he is very valuable to them because they don't have any other wide receivers. Zay Jones has been targeted 17 times this year with four catches. That is ridiculous. Tyrod Taylor is already second to last in the NFL in attempts, so this is a team that just doesn't throw the ball much, but you got it somewhat. And Charles Clay is having an okay season, but you really don't have much else, and it's going to be hard to generate offense.
1: It's fair to look at what happened in that Falcons game, and I don't even know if we dug into this on Sunday night, but – Matt Ryan had a pass that clearly was forward motion. He was he was finishing it. The ball squirted out of his hands though at one point and they called it a fumble and the Bills took it in for a touchdown. They would not have won that game had they correctly called that. That said, the Bills to me, I like how about this Eddie Yarborough guy? They're getting guys like Micah Hyde involved. It's just Sean McDermott doing what he did in Carolina, which is taking Role players and players that weren't necessarily stars and making them incredibly productive on defense. This is a lot of the same parts that Rex Ryan had generated to create a completely confused roster. These guys are playing, and they're talking about this defense is easier, simpler to learn, and it shows.
2: I think this is a tough game for Buffalo. If they win, they'll definitely have my respect, and I'll be buying in a little bit. But I have to say, um, I'm excited about this Bill Lazor era in Cincinnati. Um, they're up like seventy-five yards a game since he's taken over. They're they're scoring uh, twenty-eight points a game, almost averaging. They're Andy Dalton looks like a much different quarterback now, and I think when you factor in their defense uh, with an improved Dalton and there's still the remember I mean, Tyler Eifert's always hurt now, but. Uh, there's still pieces in place. Joe Mixon hasn't really broken out yet. I think this team could get hot, and I think I are going to see it this week. That's I, why I'm taking Cincinnati. I like yeah.
4: Cincinnati to win, too. I don't feel that much differently about the Bengals right now than I did before the season. You look at their football outsiders numbers, which I, I like the way they do their efficiency. They're 19th in the league. That sounds about right. That's ahead of teams like D- Dallas, New England, Oakland. I think they're a fine team. I think they do get a win. I'm going Bills.
2: All right, let's move on. Next up, oh. Here it is, Mark. One of these days, one of these years, this will be a game that other people or anybody is looking forward to. We're just not there yet. It's just the it's just the truth of the matter. <laughs> We're not
1: even close to being yeah.
2: there. The New York Jets. You have to go back to like 1986 for people to be plugged into this matchup. But the New York <laughs> Jets are two and two, a surprise two and two, and they travel now to Cleveland to face the Browns. And uh, Mark, I want I we've talked about the Browns' struggles. Let's zero in here and focus on Deshaun Kaiser. Um, I know he doesn't have the supporting cast. I I know there's a lot of issues that he has no control of, but looking past that, do you see a guy that should be on the field right now and is uh, growing or is he going in the wrong direction in your opinion right now?
1: Well, I I don't, see another option on the roster so let's start there I think he's the guy that you got to ride out this season before you head into another critical draft I'm not sure what that even means at this point for the Cleveland Browns but look Kaiser I still think that you see moments in games where he does things very well and it gives you little moments of hope but I can't assess some of his play when this is a team that we thought would run the ball with, with with Isaiah Crowell, the only player I can identify an offense that's of any help to Deshaun Kaiser is Duke Johnson. He's their he's their number one option on that's offense. All, he in, is their offense. And what's number, troubling? What's number two? Because because I and Kenny Britt has he'll give you two good plays a game, and then he essentially takes the rest of the game off. And they are just signing receivers off the street to fill in the blanks at this point.
2: On the Jets side of the ball. And this is the point I was going to make on Sunday, so I'll make it now. So, Ooh, this they, has been a nice yeah, long it's been, tease. I'm waiting. <laughs> it's been cooking in I've the I've been oven.
4: luxuriating in this tease for <laughs> four days waiting for
1: I've this. I've been
2: basting Greg like a turkey, getting him ready for my Marinating Greg there.
1: in the Jets hot take.
2: Um, uh, not a hot take, but just more a, a, a general you know, viewpoint on what's been going on with this team. So they did uh, unload everybody. They got rid of everybody that had a name brand uh, in the off season, and that's what led to the talk that they were going to be potentially historically bad. But then you look at, like, then you take a look at it. Sheldon Richardson, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, David Harris, Nick Mangold, uh, Fitzmagic, Geno Smith. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing people, too. Darrell Rivas. Darrell Rivas, Your of point course. is dead on. Um, all those guys that they lost, they have not been either in the league or thrived where they have went. And then you look on the other side of it. Our boy, Big Mac has not done a bad job here. Josh McCown has, has been steady for the most part. Coney Ealy uh, had four batted down passes uh, last week in the Jets' win against Jacksonville and has been active, uh, not a game-changing guy, but a nice addition for a guy that the Pats gave up on and cost him a, a second-round pick. Uh, Terrence Brooks is, is a cost guy them that... Cost him a move nine a move, spots. They moved place. back. Okay, they moved back, but, you know, it was not a successful was, move by the Patriots. No,
4: it was a bad job. I Terrence
2: think. Brooks is a safety that the, they got in a trade for Dexter McDougall before the season started. He was player of the week last year with two picks. Jermaine Curse has stepped in and been a nice part of their offense. So
4: the, Claiborne's been a really good... Oh Claiborne has them, been a,
2: yep. a great one-year signing and he's Perry probably going to leverage that into a big contract. I don't know if that big contract's going to be worth it whoever gives it to him, including maybe the Jets. My point is, is that the reason they're not so terrible is all those guys they purge haven't been, weren't really guys that could help them. And he's brought in guys quietly that are doing a nice job. And that's how you got to two and two.
1: It's a great point. And the way we talked about these two teams before the season, it's obvious. We thought if anything, this would be a body switch game where it would be the Browns who would be two and two with a lot of front exactly. office moves that would have us buzzing. And, you know, young players playing above their heads, and that the, that the Jets would be this team that's impossible to watch. You go watch every single team in the league. The Cleveland Browns right now are the one club that does not look like they are organized like a professional football team. They are hard to watch on both sides of the ball. It's not fair to the fans.
4: They There's nothing to hold on to. They are 30th in the league in offense, 30th in defense, and 30th in special teams on football. So it's like there's nothing to just grab a hold of and feel like, okay, that's what we have.
2: All right, moving on. Okay, so let's talk about the Panthers. That
4: said, I think the Browns will win. The, just, just find a way. You think so? It's just the, thats the the karma of things. They,
1: I don't. You gotta win a game. At I time. do not, and that's why I oh. am locking up the Jets. <laughs> Is
2: that a reverse jinx lockup?
4: Wait, we were moving. I'm not on. trying to jinx anything. <laughs> you <laughs> had that whole
2: segment to lock a team up. I
1: did it my own way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I locked my own way. Uh, all right, before we get into Panthers' lines, let's address Cam Newton first. I'm sure you heard it, but in case you didn't, uh, here is what the comment that uh, Cam made during an otherwise mundane midseason press conference. Uh, let's listen to it.
3: I know you take a-, a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you... A little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind
2: of truck sticking people out there. It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like, I I can't. All right, so that's what he said. I can't. But, uh, here's the thing that I'm the most surprised about, and we talked about this a little bit before the show. Like, in a news conference, there's no adrenaline. There's no reason why you would. There's no excuse for that type of comment, no matter what's going on with you. But the fact that like it showed a basic lack of common sense, like. To, to let that slip out of your mouth, it just showed to me, and Wes and I had been kind of uh, talked about Cam, and Wes famously is called Cam Newton a preening schmo, and I know now there's a lot of people that are saying, well, there's a, you should separate Cam from the past and the people that have criticized him in the past from this incident where he deserves to be criticized. In my opinion, Cam, this has always been part of the Cam Newton experience which is he could be a knucklehead sometimes, and sometimes he does things. I never let him I, – I wasn't one of the people that let him off the hook uh, for the Super Bowl 50 press conference. I know a lot of people did. Uh, some of his other behavior throughout the years. This, to me, is just a continuation of what's been an issue with Cam Newton and, and some of his behavior.
1: That's just my take. You know, you, I'll never forget back in 1990 as a rabid young sports fan when – the Lisa Olsen incident occurred. She was a Boston Herald writer who went into the Patriots locker room covering the Patriots and was harassed by Patriots players and wound up suing the team. And they talked about that as they call a watershed moment for sports writers in general, for females covering sports that we had crossed the Rubicon. was for that
4: particular Patriots ownership too, which handled it so poorly.
1: They handled it terribly. The The league did what they could at that point. They did not necessarily handle it great either. 27 years later, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Well, I think some things have
4: changed in that the second that Cam Newton makes a comment like this, he pays for it. And that's the thing where, look, he he lost a sponsorship over it. He's getting – he he's paying for it. He's paying a price for it. Like, he's learning a quick lesson. I think the difference now maybe uh, between 1990 and then is that sort of thing will happen.
1: Yeah, the one thing I'd say is that I think people now are trained – to know that you must respond in a certain way to that incident where before it was not the same world. And I wonder how many people quietly agree with Cam Newton whether or not they say something verbally.
2: It, it's one of the things that I've learned um, having worked at the NFL for seven years and having worked with a lot of like talented women. Uh, our girl Erica Behind the Glass is one of them. Colleen, Lindsay, all these different people we've worked with over the years. When you get close enough to them, Uh, and and you get an up-close view of the that women that work in the sports industry have to deal with from sexist men and people that just don't view at the end of the day that that a woman should be asking a question about routes. Like, the fact that I sent out some tweets yesterday um, just, you know, going after Cam on it, like a lot of people did, and then there were people coming out of the woodwork, like, you know, saying that, you know, oh, yeah, you're too sensitive, blah, 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 like it's a it's out there. It's still there. It's It's, Greg's right. It's still something where it's
4: still there. A hundred percent. It's somehow more accepted out there than, than racial talk. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, you you were fired up about it, Eric. You, Erica, you came in here with with a lot of comments. Comments like it, it certainly rubbed you the the wrong way, right? That like seeing someone in your industry talk like that.
3: It's just so common that that's why it's so frustrating. Is that we as as female in any industry, and especially right. sports, you know, and in any situation that this is stuff that we deal with all the time that someone on a public platform can stand up there and be like oh it's funny to hear you talk about routes and it's like you've had a few good games but you've had a ton of bad ones too cam like maybe you should focus on your routes like (laughs) just because someone else has their research done and it just it just it blows my mind that it happens so often and that's why it's so upsetting
2: the reporter, by the way, was Jordan Rodriguez. I hope who
1: who is like a author weekly of tape study pieces that we we looked. David Ely and I were looking at one about on the Panthers. Like, by the way, she knows exactly what she's talking about. So enough with this.
2: And here's the good news, like Greg said, there is the pro- progress is that there is an instant outcry when someone is an idiot like this. I got a uh, a statement to read. This went all the way to the yogurt industry, folks. Dannon Corp. Let's get some missive music. We are shocked and disheartened at the behavior and comments of Cam Newton towards Jordan Rodriguez, which we perceive as sexist and disparaging to all women. It is entirely inconsistent with our commitment to fostering equality and inclusion in every workplace. It's simply not okay to belittle anyone based on gender. We have shared our concerns with Cam and will no longer work with him. So, Cam loses his yogurt sponsorship. Which
4: is a huge deal, by the way. That's a big deal. Not only is it a lot of money, but not many NFL players cross over. That's, like, the goal. Like, that's part of the reason why Cam, who is beloved for his work with kids and kids love him and he has a show on Nickelodeon. Like, that's part of the reason he he does stuff like that is to get, you know, to have that crossover appeal. And he just got banged for it in a
2: big he killed himself with this and it's going to stick with him the rest of his career. And quite frankly, it's hard to feel sorry for him. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on now and talk about uh, the game. So the Panthers three and one tied for first in the NFC South. And now they traveled to Det- uh, Detroit to face the lions. Also three and one coming off that really nice uh, win over the Vikings where they got the, they got the stop they needed at the end of the game. Um, Greg, your thoughts on this matchup? Which team has impressed you more when you've been studying the tape this season?
4: The Panthers have yeah, impressed me more. I I like both of these teams and Lions fans think we're not giving them enough credit. They've been they're 3 and 1. They're one of many teams have been close in almost every game. But the difference is I think the Panthers can be really good on both sides of the ball. The Lions I think Greg Robinson is going to cost them a win one of these weeks. Hmm. And this is a week where it makes sense. You're going up against Julius Peppers and Mario Addison and K1 Short, who are all playing well. The Panthers' offense, to me, hasn't looked as bad, and Cam Newton, as the, their reputation throughout the year. I think they're kind of slowly getting it together, whereas the, the Lions, like like last week, like their offense has not looked great, I would say, in back-to-back weeks. It's a little more conservative. You'd like to see Matthew Stafford go down the field a, l- a little bit more than he has been.
1: I'm with you. I mean, I thought as much as Greg Robinson, Ricky Wagner was victimized last week by the by the Vikings. They almost lost that game. It's it's a different type of Lions offense to some degree. I mean, Amir Abdullah, I think the positive, he's running the ball well. He's coming. N- nearly crossed that 100-yard threshold, which I think they've not done in 56 straight games, right. which is outrageous. The next team, I think, is the Ravens at 50, 15 or something. But You're watching Matthew Stafford last week, and I get it because it's against the Vikings defense, but checking down into the run. I mean, often. Like, they are running the ball to a higher percentage than they have. They're almost like, to the percentage of last year's Cowboys, they're crawling into that space to some degree.
2: And the Lions, to your point, Mark, like, Abdul has been a big part. He's not having a a big-time season, but he's coming along. They've ranked, I think, 30th. 32nd and 28th, something like that, the last three seasons running the football. And you got to have some type of balance. So if Abdul can stay healthy, that gives him that balance. And then on the other side of the ball, they are doing a great job. And I don't know if this is sustainable. So, like, I put them – I should have had them lower now that I'm thinking. I had them, like, 18 in our little power pole thing. It definitely should In should've. a
4: better position.
2: I should have had them in a, a better position, probably in the 10 to 12 range if I could do it again. But I can't. That's gone, you can't, Mark. You can't. i got to give up the ghost. I cannot. But I can tell you – The fact that they've been so opportunistic, they have a plus-nine turnover differential, and they have 47 points off turnovers, which is tied for the most in the league. Mm. Uh, And almost half their points have come off turnovers this season. The question is, are they going to regress? Is that something they can keep up? I don't know if they can. That's my only concern there.
4: Yeah, they're having people emerge, though. Glover Quinn is... Kind of been a forgotten guy on that defense, but is maybe the the key to it in the in the back end has been playing well. Anthony Zettel, who I talked about early in the season, continues to perform. So they are more of a, a balanced team, and and. They can run the ball. Unlike the Panthers, who want to be a running team, and it was maybe slowly coming around, but they really haven't been a running team yet. And Christian McCaffrey, especially, not really been a good running back so far. He's been a good player in the passing game, but he's under three yards per carry. Like I don't, they're starting almost to reduce his role in the running game, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, he's almost extremely pass-oriented on the on the on the Panther side. To Jordan's point, De- Devin Funches, who I think I wrote a. A making the leap type piece about it during one lazy summer day years ago, thinking this guy's going to finally like have this monster season and it never materialized. He's starting to be used more and more each week. and He's only 23 years old.
4: Feels right. like he's been in the league a while, only 23 years they old. They were counting on this before. This is good that they're getting It's a good this. game. If you win this Lions, you'll get plenty of love.
2: I always, I'm always, i always surprised by how often the making the leap series comes up on this podcast. <laughs> and But now I think about it, when you take a step back, it's like, if you wrote a Making the Peace Leap about Devin Funches two or three years ago, and then he come, he breaks out, on, a somewhat, on some way it validates your piece, even though you kind of didn't get it right. You could say, like, I didn't know it was in him this whole time. <laughs> so I think that's why it comes it's up. It's a
1: series. very self-serving series if you wanted <laughs> it to. And then you can just simply, you know, if you don't have to magnify the ones that went completely south off the <laughs> right.
2: Uh Let's move on. The San Francisco 49ers winless and uh, three straight narrow losses. Uh, They now travel to Indianapolis and they get the Colts, who, uh, you know, they beat Cleveland at home in week three in in week four. Things are looking okay against Seattle on the road. They're looking very good for the Colts at halftime. And then the wheels came off and they lost 46, 18. Uh, Andrew Luck is practicing in a limited capacity, but it doesn't sound like he's anywhere close to coming back yet. So it's more Jake Brisket. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on this game? We don't have to dig in too deep here. Let's be honest.
1: I mean, it's a bit of a strange game. I I think it's good for the Colts that when they do get Andrew Luck back, that this week they're getting. It sounds like Ryan Kelly, their center, back, and you're starting to see these pieces come into place. My question with the Titans, Jaguars, and Bengals up after this week, will it be? too little too late when they finally do mm. get luck i like this 49ers is that a tough it,
4: schedule though titans jaguars bengals
1: well if you if you drop two of those that's your division right there this is it sort tough. of a must yeah. win is i it? think they have to and i think it's a t- game they can win but the thing about the 49ers i know they're over four and if you don't want to watch them at all you could just dismiss them entirely but I like what's happening with their defense in areas. They get pressure. And Brian Hoyer is holding that team back with his mistakes. Yes. But I do believe that the 49ers are going to win one or two games with their defense. Solomon Thomas this had his first sack. This would be it. And I, d- I just think it's, kind of a, it's a weird game for the Colts. And if they lose this one, their season is in deep trouble.
4: Frank Gore needs, I think, just three or four yards to pass Eric Dickerson. Four. Number seven this, all time. This is the Gore Bowl. Yeah,
2: Niners Colts.
4: Uh the Niners reporters who all clearly love Frank Gore were just loving writing big features about him and ha- you know getting Jim Harbaugh to, to speak. I mean, you listen to Gore talk and he can break down the Colts Col- I mean the 49ers team right now better than anyone and i got it talking to him like no one loves football more than gore like he is just seems like he's obsessed with the game and he's still that way
2: the last three 49ers losses have been by a total of eight points mm. but if they don't win this game i'm i'm just looking they're at done. their schedule at what well they're done but I'm, I'm just talking about let's get some wins boys at washington home to dallas at philadelphia uh, to close out their first half schedule they might go into the second half. We're seeing, we're seeing they don't the win limits here. of
4: Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Kyle Shanahan can help you to a point, and he is, but Aldrick Robinson's still their number two receiver, and Brian Hoyer's still their quarterback. Yeah, what's like, the limits of their
1: think. offensive roster, too? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Right, That's right. all I mean. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's move on. The Tennessee Titans, 2-2. Uh, uh, two and two. Sit down. Be humble <laughs> uh, after a uh, harrowing loss in Houston. I mean, I feel like harrowing is a good way to put that when you get a 50-burger dropped on you. Damn it, nearly a 60-burger. Now they travel to Miami to face the Dolphins, who are a mess. Let's face it. So if you're the Titans and you're licking your wounds after that and, and your quarterback has a bum hamstring and you're hoping that he's going to be able to play and be effective, you got a team that's either this is either a great matchup to get the Dolphins out because they've been playing so poorly the last two weeks, or... Uh, you look at it where the Dolphins, Greg, are not as bad as uh, they have indicated these last two weeks, and, and you could be in trouble if you're Tennessee.
4: Well, they haven't been home for more than a month. So if you're a Dolphins fan that wants to pin your hopes on some sort of turnaround, you have the one and four start last year, and you have the fact that they literally, I think, have only been home for a couple of days in five or six weeks, so maybe that stabilizes things. And maybe when you play the Titans, even if Marcus Mariota is out there and we're not sure yet whether he can play on his hamstring, he's not going to be moving they basically said that he would have to play from the pocket, and movement has been a huge part of their offense and his really effectiveness this year. He struggled to start last week. And Matt Castle, if you want to see the worst 25 minutes of the game, of the season by any quarterback, that was Matt Castle last That's week. That's tough for you to say. That's your guy. I mean, this is two, two, was of, your guy. two of my. Castle was one uh, Wes always <laughs> would just say was my guy. Uh, well, I'm just playing that these role are, now. These are, two, these are two quarterbacks at the very bottom. Cutler's found a quarterback he's better than.
1: <laughs> well, It's hard right now. <laughs> Cutler, I mean, honestly, to, in terms of a downfield passing game, has really only been better than Joe Flacco. Cutler's been astonishingly bad. I, it's, it, you made the point that he looked up at that announcing booth that he would have been a part of in London, probably thinking, hmm, would that have been an easier situation than this? He's answering questions about while he's out wide on a wildcat play looking like he's taking a nap standing up. It's not a good situation they've for all the Dolphins. They've looked bad, though.
4: They've barely been on the field. If ever there's a, a matchup to get right, though, this is it. The, yeah. the Titans... Who uh, you know you if you so wanted even you
2: stumbled over that the word well I was, not know, feeling know, right yeah, anymore is it
4: I was going to say if you him. wanted to use that other insulting uh, nickname it's not the F word dude the the secondary. And their defense would be a reason to get after them. They're 31st in the league in, in points allowed. The, their cornerbacks were among the worst in the league last year.
2: Dory Jackson, yeah, you know, come back to so us. They, were, they replaced them. That last week? They
4: replaced them, and it's LaShawn Sims and McCain and Jackson. It's like this. If the Dolphins can't throw on this team, they can't throw on it. I think Jay Ajayi gets right this week. If. Get healthy type of game. And then suddenly the Dolphins are 2-2, two and two and it's like nothing yep. ever happened. That's your nightmare.
2: That's definitely not my nightmare. <laughs> you
4: dolphin hater. Can I,
2: can I be – well – well, you're not, not a dolphin I'm not lover. Wor- I'm not worried about the dolphins. Put it that way.
1: Whoa. I've seen like sneaky, sort of sneaky heat between you and Handsome Hank every time you've sneaky. met in the hallways. Sneaky. Well, you're friends, so well, it, I be, season, you know, You're not enemies. It's
2: always a little hot during football seasons. Dolphins, dolphins fans and Jets fans. They don't just they don't like each other. That's it. Right you should know this. You're from the the region. I mean, I can Northeast. get
1: along with with Dave Dameshek, a Steelers fan. Yeah, but he's, your team's not even really like a real team. He simply doesn't even respect the, the rivalry. So you know what yeah.
2: I mean, though. Like, when's the last well, time the Packers are a real team? To,
1: how am I supposed to take that? You <laughs> acting like your two and two Jets are going to take the AFC East? Please, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, listen, don't don't
2: lure me into your spider web, boys. Yeah. Okay. Settle. Sorry, mom. Thank you. Um, by the way, anybody miss Chris Berman? When you said Castle, for some reason, I got a. I got like a. If Chris Berman was here when you brought out Castle back, he'd he'd go Hendrick back and castles made of sand fall into the sea, eventually. Back after this. <laughs> if
1: I missed him, you filled that need right there, and then I'll not think about him again. He's it's minute.
2: just weird. He is gone for the first time in our lifetime. That's all. We no. need yeah. nobody's talking about it. I, I, right. That, I, yeah, he, he was
1: somehow overshadowed by Tom Petty this week.
2: <laughs> i don't understand what do you mean did I'm he say that did chris Berman
1: die the, no the absence Uh-oh. of chris Berman in our lives was you know oh, was continually okay. overshadowed by something on a weekly so basis. maybe next week chris Berman will pop up again. okay moving i like the guy i don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> it's it's bad going. job by the titans
4: this have matt and, castle in this position by the
2: way And about, yeah and also titoons fans if you go and beat jay cutler on the road stay out of my mentions you know get a big win he just had 57 dropped on. It's going to take a few weeks now for me to even if consider. You if that Titans. game was
1: the the greatest thing that's ever happened to you on our show. You like that they're back in their position.
2: They are so back in the old Zeuser's doghouse, and I love it.
4: I love that we're like 35 minutes into the show and have gone over three low wattage games.
2: Let's move on. The uh, Los Angeles chart. <laughs> you. How about this? Let's let's put turn the wattage up. The 0 yep. 4 Chargers travel to the Meadowlands <laughs> to face the 0 uh, 4 Giants. Somebody's got to win this game, right, Mark?
1: Well, I mean, it could it could end in a tie, a zero zero tie. I this is a depressing game. I, it's uh, I'm one of four analysts that pick the Giants to go to the Super Bowl, but I'm the only one, unfortunately, to pick the Giants and the Chargers after this week. And not the only that one in this room too. So that's in this room as well. And I I don't know. I mean, for me, the Chargers to me have looked desperate on offense. They have a lot of talent, but they're it's not a cohesive unit. I thought that the moment for them this season when Philip Rivers. The mouthpiece comes out, and he's just jawing at the OC wizen hunt at the sideline. He's super upset, and he should be. It's been the most frustrating season you could ever have scripted for Philip Rivers, who did his best to – he's got the Riversmobile going up and down the West Coast, and it, it's gas mileage amounting to nothing so far. <laughs>
4: gas <laughs> mileage.
1: Uh, they miss Mike McCoy. That's the real tragedy huh? here.
4: All that mileage. I mean – they they miss Mike McCoy, or I don't know if it's just a coincidence because Ken Wizen was there last year, and that was one of the reasons I, I like this Chargers offense. I thought, okay, there's continuity. But Mike McCoy is coming out the other end. I mean, Chargers fans, the one of them that have stuck with them moving from San Diego to L.A., have to be thinking like, oh, maybe that wasn't so bad. At least our offense was it was fun to watch. Now you're right. There's a lack of rhythm, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of not being on the same page. Yeah. That's
2: um. Fun. Yeah. I forgot what I was gonna say. I mean, it's probably better what? just to do move you ever, do, on. It
4: is. I have a personal question, though. Yeah. Do you ever get on the phone with with Charlie Casserly and Aditi Kinkawala and uh, Judy Batista, whoever? Are else we was, the four that whoever? I know? Charlie did. I'm actually yeah. just making up the names who actually. Oh, uh, you, 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 well, you and you guys just like talk about. It's your, like a survivors. Like,
1: it's not. Uh, it's not reached phone level. We have an online, group. a forum, a support forum for you know predictions that are beyond horrible that we're not that people have not stopped reminding us. Apologies to the other. You know, ladies. Yeah, I, I think mentioned. you put two people in there that maybe yeah, I did just, not make this. Pick, I just but <laughs> they're
4: kind of the. they're in that like <laughs> they're women.
1: Well, they're in that. Well, group. you know, Greg, you I p- told Greg, you, Greg, step Greg, right into that trap. You have you have painted yourself into a tough corner.
4: This uh, this is the week for Joey Bosa moving on to uh, to get right. He's been very oh, is quiet. that how
2: you you save yourself America. You just don't address it. You just change the subject. All right, I'll try that. I'll try that.
1: I have no need to because I believe I'm in good standing with Erica. Let's move
2: on. The Arizona Cardinals are 2-2 uh, two and, two, and uh, kind of boring, and they're just another team, but uh, some people support them, and we talk about every game. So we're talking about the Cardinals traveling to yeah, Philadelphia.
4: I mean, they've got Legend. You know, If nothing else, Larry Fitzgerald put a couple more memorable moments into his camp. Larry
2: legend. How about Larry Legend at the D-backs uh, Rockies uh, one-game playoff yesterday? They cut to him. It was like the seventh inning. It was 8-7. Fitzgerald, all the way in, uh, actually had the nerves. He looked like he had fan anxiety. He's just, like, my favorite player probably in the last 20 years. Larry Fitz. Never changed, buddy. Who yeah. won that baseball playoff the Snakes. Game. The Snakes advanced uh, to the NLD. I don't
1: it's, need them
4: going I mean, further into this. Finally, one. one of the great rivalries in sport, Diamondbacks Rockies
2: reunited <laughs> <Right>. again. <laughs> um, all right. Here we go. Let's talk about uh, this game. Uh, we'll start with you on this one, Greg. The Eagles, um, they're, they're feisty. You're in on the Eagles, aren't you? I, I am in. They were my preseason
4: prediction, one of the onlys that uh, that are turning out well so far to win this division. And one of the reasons why is because is they're so good up front. I think their are tackles right now, and it really struck me playing the Chargers. When you can shut down Ingram and Bosa for the most part, and you're getting... Big-time space in the running game. You're doing something right. These are, this is one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they push you around on both sides of the ball. I, I think this is going to be a tough spot here for the Cardinals.
1: I'm with you. I think we all saw what Legary Blunt did, and that feels like if that can continue, this is an incredibly balanced offense. It takes a lot of heat off Carson Wentz, a quarterback that was asked to do so much last year. Zach Ertz has been a big security blanket for him. And here's my issue, though, with the Cardinals. I really don't see. I actually think that Carson Palmer has been enjoyable to watch this season. You talked about Larry Fitzgerald. He is not going to last this season with the way he's getting hit. That game against the Niners, oh. and this is what I was talking to before, the Niners, yeah, they didn't win the game, and you, people probably didn't even watch the thing. They battered him. They have so many issues along their offensive line. That's the wrong quarterback to be sitting back there. He is as immobile as anyone else out can, there. Can you and imagine how tough
2: him? the Cardinals will be to watch if they lose Palmer and David Johnson? They're,
4: they're a, a bad two and two they're very lucky to be 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I, I think they're probably one of the worst five or six teams in the league right now, and then they're going up against a guy in Carson Wentz that I'm a little surprised, and maybe it's just they haven't been in national games, that he doesn't get a little more love from the average fan. Not that he's there yet as some great, quarterback i don't know if he's gonna get there they
1: need to have that big moment win that people are like yeah that's what we remember about carson because
4: i don't know if he's gonna get there he's a little slow in the decision making and accuracy it, it he reminds me a lot of a young dante culpepper or a young cam or young ben roethlisberger the pl- just the athleticism and the plays he makes he's just so much fun to watch and i think this is a matchup where he's going to be especially fun to watch at home. They're getting a little momentum. You got the tackles. the The Cardinals are weak. Timmy Jernigan blowing up the spot, and that's why I'm locking it up. Oh,
2: snuck up on me there. Like it. I like, like your it, big,
1: like, I, He was he was heating up.
2: Yeah. I like can feel coming. You need Not it as much as normal. You need yeah. a big lockup, Greg. You're struggling <laughs> badly this year. Um, one and three, I believe. So this is. I feel like. This well, I'm going one. safe here.
4: I went. I think I've gone underdogs. It's a little safe. I've gotten underdogs four straight weeks, and so that's that hasn't worked. Eagles
1: out win well. this by ten plus. That's um, my prediction.
2: And let's keep an eye on Carson Wentz. He he was even better through four games in his rookie year, and then the wheels kind of came off in the Eagles, who lost eight of their last twelve, and and Wentz struggled. Uh, but we'll see. This is will he make those gains and, and go to the next level? This a
1: better offense around him. It's got right. more balance. It's got it's built to last. This He's time. doing less. They're yeah. asking him
4: to do less, which is a good thing.
2: Yes, moving on. The Jacksonville Jaguars are two and two after I mean, did you guys watch that Jets game? Yes. The Jaguars had no business losing that game. Once they uh McCown had the couple turnovers, he, the game was basically handed to Jacksonville on a platter. But again, no one's you know, I pick on the Titans, but um Uh, the Jaguars are are even worse. Like you can't be taken seriously as a team until you find out a way to win those type of games. And they did not. So now they're two and two and now they got the Steelers. Uh, They're on the road against the Steelers and uh, uh, Greg, uh, excuse me, Mark, you have uh, a Steelers team that looked like they might've been getting on track against Baltimore last week on the road. Uh, I feel like maybe that explosion on offense is coming.
1: I think it is because Le'Veon Bell looked great for moments of that Baltimore game, and I really love Pittsburgh's defense. We've talked about them before. But, again, you were playing Flacco in a Ravens offense that's a tough – it's not exactly – it's hard to measure what you are if you're thriving against them. But Ryan Shazier is having an incredible season. You know, Wes and I were tweeting yesterday about this guy Mike Hilton who picked off Flacco as well off a tip pass. They have so much athleticism on that defense that I think that they – Everyone talks about Jacksonville's defense. Pittsburgh, I think, has got a better situation going on. I like the James Conner, that they're able to spell Le'Veon Bell with James Conner. He's looked actually pretty good. And it's just about, I think, the passing game is the thing that we're still waiting for the top to come off with Big
4: Ben in the passing game. He keeps missing. He keeps missing deep. But they're kind of back to their late-season offense, which was just run it through Le'Veon Bell, and they are more balanced. It's a little tough to get a feel. They are dominating teams, but you tweeted about it yesterday. They haven't played a quarterback that's remote. I mean, if the Patriots had played this group of tomato cans, their defense would not be the worst in the league. The The Steelers have not played anyone, but Hey, guess what? It's continuing this week. So they should be fine
2: on, on the Steelers side as well with, and specifically their passing game. Cause I think nobody was really worried about Le'Veon Bell, even though he wasn't having Le'Veon Bell games. And then he had one last week. Roethlisberger's issues going downfield. So he, you addressed it there, Greg, four of 20, no touchdowns, one interception, thirty-four point two passer rating on yeah. passes of twenty plus air yards this season, according to NFL research. Uh, that same metric last year, those same uh, you know details. He had fourteen touchdowns and a one thirteen point four passer rating. So I, w-
1: I will say there have been drops. There, ha- it's not all yeah. on him. It's not like they're saving so twenty yards that, over people's. That's
2: heads. getting to my point. So it's either it's either an issue of um, bad luck. Um, of rust with Martavis Bryant, who's their primary uh, deep man, uh, uh, or it could be a small sample size. And it's like, just let's wait this out a little bit. Or it could be the other thing, which is big Ben's getting old. Yeah. He's not the same guy anymore.
4: I don't think he's played as well since the start of last season than, I'm used to. So maybe that's gonna change back, but I think that it's been a fairly long sample size. And they're starting to play to it, which is interesting. Mm. They they ran the ball on third and eight in a key spot last week, which I really was surprised to see the the Steelers do that. And I think it's cause they trust their defense now. I mean Cameron Ayward to me has been one of the best defenders in the league and they trust
1: Le'Veon Bell. And uh, that that's like what how they're built. Old school Steelers. And what Greg mentioned, Deshaun Kaiser, Case Keenan, Mike Glennon. Joe Flacco, I mean, yeah. who's not Joe Flacco of old, and Blake Bortles. That's the first five quarterbacks. Now, they have they totally dominated They dominated guys, and it. that's what you need to All do. All these Steelers but. fans, like, you can't judge the schedule. I'm not. I'm just saying you, you, you've not faced a murderer's row of signal think, callers. And, and Jaguars, if you want to show us something, go go show it this week. I've heard some
4: Jaguars fans saying, like, "Oh, we've got a top five defense, and we're waiting. We're like, got Jalen see, Ramsey, though. He looks good. Uh,
2: I, if I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm very worried about a Blake Bortles bloodbath. Oh, a yeah. good pass defense. You're probably always Bortles, worried about that. But... I mean, Bortles has had a couple of moments. Of course, the one game in London, which I'm going to mark down as an outlier. This guy, when he misses passes, I've never seen a guy whose incomplete passes are more errant than Blake Bortles. Mm. He's a special kind of bad, and I think it's going to come out big time at Heinz Field. Speaking of a special kind of bad, I do want to correct since you since
4: you called me out for it, loose cannon Ooh,
2: into the spider web.
4: The the. Giant, the predictions were incorrect. You know, the, I named the wrong people. Ike Taylor, former Steeler, he had the Giants in the Super Bowl. Uh, and Maurice Jones Drew also had the Giants in the Super Bowl. So those are two no, men. Uh, those two I are, don't mind Barry. Yeah.
1: And the two of them will appreciate <laughs> you, you know, si- you know, cycling back to call them out on a podcast that is listened to in about 38 countries.
2: Moving on. Oh, more than
4: that. We're in like Turks and Caicos. We're everywhere.
1: 98
2: countries. 38 felt felt pretty good, though. I, I think it's closer to 38 than 98. How many countries oh, no. are there total? I mean,
4: at least for having a download 30? at some yeah. point. <laughs> if you scroll through those <laughs> lists, it goes on
1: forever. I think it's over, it's in the hundreds.
2: One million countries strong, the Around the <laughs> NFL podcast. How about that?
1: I don't know if there are hundreds of countries speaking I'm going to look this up while you can, can go. Yeah, Google, go.
2: how many countries. It's funny
3: to hear you guys talk about countries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. You know what?
2: <laughs> it's true, though. All right. Here's a, here's a good We're openly
1: out. academically dumb. We, we've always maintained that. We're not, there's no pride there. Hundred and ninety five countries. So I was right, they're not hundreds and hundreds. There's a hundred. I
4: think we've been heard in over a hundred territories. I how much time do we have left on the show? All right, five minutes. Enough.
2: Enough. All right. Let's talk. (laughs) The Seahawks at the Rams the Seahawks seemed to get healthy uh, against the Colts in primetime, as we all expected them to. It just took them uh, two quarters to get the engine revving, but when it did, it was a 46-18 laugher. Uh, and now they, they face a team that's been the biggest surprise in the league this year, I think, the Rams. The uh team of- and they are the team of ATL. And if some people talk about it, they used to say the SI curse, and then they said the Madden curse, and that all feels passe now. Now I think the real buzzy thing is the team of ATL curse. So we're going to see right away here, Greg, if the Rams can handle the pressure of being the team of ATL. Oh,
4: that's a... Team of ATL. That's a silly... Theory, because the first team of ATL had a terrific season, the Carolina Panthers. No. You could
2: cite those things with the Madden curse and the SI curse. But that's
4: too. like the first example of it. So last year's team
1: started five and zero, oh and then literally had a nuclear bomb land on them. Since so.
4: that first season, not as great. You know, the Cardinals were rolling along till that old uh, torn ACL by Carson Palmer.
1: Mark's so, not exaggerating
2: either. The 2006 no. Vikings had a nuclear bomb dropped on their facility. Just
4: minutes after we anointed them, <laughs> that was that was probably, tragic, really problematic. As is this matchup, kind of buried in the news a little bit, a little bit. First, I don't, I don't just look at this Rams team and think they're a juggernaut. Each one of these games have been tight, and this is a tough matchup. Nice, and it's the one matchup, the one coach in the NFL that is. Thrilled to see Sean McVay on the other sideline instead of Jeff Fisher. Pete Carroll couldn't beat Jeff Fisher for three straight years. Five out of six times Jeff Fisher took out Pete Carroll in the Seahawks. So this is a matchup. I, obviously, these teams are totally different, but I do think it's a big NFC West game. And if the Rams can win it, it's like you get some separation. I think Seattle comes down here knowing that, knowing this is a big game, that they want to stay right there and not dig a big hole in the division.
1: Well, we just did our NFL Network here where we talked about two and two teams that we are on board with, that we trust to bounce back and keep going. And I picked Seattle, but if you lose to this game... I don't know what you hang your hat on if you're the Seahawks because this is the if you're going to you know go on to the playoffs you need to take care of this thing and I look at the Rams front Seven and they're and there. I think it's starting to come around under Wade Phillips. I don't think that, and there's some players that were not maybe the most natural fit for his three four. But how about Layal Collins getting dominated last week? Michael Brockers making plays. Brockers. Alec Ogletree. Ogletree starting to make plays from that inside linebacker position. So I, I don't know if they can if they can take what they did in the second half against Dallas defensively and translate it against a terrible offensive line with Seattle. This could be an interesting matchup for the Rams. Let's pick this game.
4: I need to see a little something out of Robert Quinn. I've been I've been was expecting a lot this year and this is this is a week to do it. I'm gonna pick the Rams at home. I just think team
1: of ATL. I,
4: I don't feel like it's a, a <laughs> lot. That's a <laughs> no, lot. before, before a the lot show I was like
2: Erica, what we want to do with that shortened team of ATL drop, we wanna kinda of sprinkle it in once or twice a week, maybe once a show, but that doesn't have to be. We've been team. like Fourteen
1: of them. Erica, Erica, who is clearly, we are having ill chemistry with her today based on stuff that may not be our fault. We're not uh, Cam Newton, yeah, Erica. Don't I mean, look at us like that. She has gone totally guerrilla warfare on us. I am going Rams. And I'll tell you why. Because I think Todd Gurley looks like the best running back in the NFC right now mm. as not just a runner. But as a receiver, teams can now not just sit there and wait for Jeff Fisher to have the ball handed off to Gurley three times in a row. You have to deal with the passing game. There's a lot of new elements here, and Gurley has been fascinating to watch. Rams are a game plan. Got to move on to the next like, K- It's catchy. It's now like Carrie
4: Underwood. Yeah, it's
2: kind of bit-stealing now.
4: It's now Carry Underwood. This is a team – I'm impressed how they can be a game plan team that changes things up so much from week to week when it's such a new team. But last week, they really used tempo in an effective way, like speeding up, slowing down, speeding up, slowing down. One week, they'll go to their wide receivers. The other week, everything's up the middle to their two young tight ends and Cooper Cup. You don't know what you're going to get with this Rams team. What a coaching job. You can
1: run on the Seahawks team. I have a I have a bit
2: of a Sessler that uh, –
1: this means it'll be incorrect, by the way.
2: The uh, Legion of Boom is going to show oh. up in this game, and Jared hmm. Goff's going to come down to Earth a little bit.
1: I mean, what's the point of having
4: a team of ATL <laughs> if you don't believe in them and just pick I don't, them blindly? It Doesn't I'm, mean that you think they're going to go
2: 15 and one. Hey, n- here's a. New- I think it could be a bump in the road. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean that
4: they're shot. I guess I figure we don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> so you might as well just pick them.
2: I'll do what I want. You do what you want. That's how the world works. That's how America works. That's what makes us the best damn country in the world moving on the baltimore ravens uh, travel to oakland to face the raiders the raiders will not have Derek carr of course who has a transverse fracture of his lower back which is going to sideline him for a couple weeks at least one week uh, so a huge break for the ravens who uh, now are trying to figure out how to get their season back up back on track it's not going to be easy Uh, In Oakland, Mark, but having a chance to face a Raiders team uh, that is vulnerable without their number one quarterback, this should be a game they should hang in and possibly take outright.
1: I don't know. You take the Browns out of the equation, and these might be, over the last two weeks, the two worst offenses in the NFL. Wow. With Derek Carr. Are you kidding me? What did they do? Well, he was great the
2: first two weeks. That's what I'm saying.
1: Last two weeks, they can't run the ball. Your star receivers have barely, one literally was hurt, so I get that. Amari Cooper drops all over the place in Dan's parlor. Two cats. Team of ATL.
2: Now she's off the reservation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna drug test you soon. That's what, coming soon.
2: What were you saying? In my parlance?
4: <laughs> I really like that that team
1: of ATL <laughs> just came in there. really cracked me up. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe the Ravens are I was going to say, come back worse. to us.
4: Come back to us, Amari Cooper. You're yeah. the last ranked wide receiver on Pro Football Focus. You have a miscommunication or a drop every week. What's going on? It's a great come question. Come back to us. We're
1: getting That's E.J. Manuel okay. and a Joe Flacco who looks like one-eighth of Joe. Joe Flacco. Is he, what's going on with Joe Flacco? Not healthy? One-eighth, did you say? One-eighth of the Joe Flacco that we've seen Jeez. in his height when he had that am- amazing January run—the twelve and a half percent of Joe
2: Flacco—that's
1: what we're getting right now. They have zero downfield passing game. The only thing they have that I see on offense is Alex Collins, which they you know they picked up off the street. Are you are you calling him a fluco? Are you pretty fluco. At this point. E.J.
2: Manuel, everybody's excited about E.J. Manuel all of a sudden. Who I'm is? seeing all, all corners on, on Twitter, all the White Knights out there. Oh, E.J. Manuel, he's a great backup. This guy's a – Who said that? They're in great position. Well, i missed this It's month. out there in the ether, the football cognizant. Well, no,
1: it's not he, the cognoscente. He came
4: in and he moved the ball better than –
2: Oh, yeah, it's you. Did. You were going nuts on Sunday about <laughs> E.J. Manuel. It was like, why won't they let E.J. Manuel live? What? I know E.J. Manuel. a purple subtweet. <laughs> no, I was forgetting who I it was, I, I didn't but it was Greg. Yeah, I didn't see you were excited as, like, about E.J. Manuel This wasn't a group I move wasn't. I, <laughs> I said he,
4: he played well for a quarter. I certainly wouldn't. Agree. Do you want me to call up your Twitter? I'm, I'll I'm find not, the tweet. Well, now you have a week to prepare oh, for E.J. Right, Manuel. Twitter. Yeah, that's true. I said he was doing legendary things, and his, his receivers Don't you were let him ra- down. That was true.
1: This Ravens defense, I know what happened in England, but this is this is not a bad defense. I think it's just that they're having they're on the field way too much. Right yeah, but now. they're on the field because they can't get off the field. Like the Ravens
4: offense has been bad, but get off the field, Ravens defense in the first half of a game. The the Steelers started last week with a ten. 10- 10 minute drive that had 10 or 11 runs. Like this is not a tough Ravens defense. The Steelers pushed them around. The Jaguars pushed them around. There's not a lot of pass rush, not enough juice. Show me something.
2: All right, let's move on. Uh, This is the 425 Fox game. So I think you're going to get a little Joe and Troy in the evening. Packers at Cowboys. Love this matchup. Um, um, One of my favorite rivalries. And uh, guess what? Rematch of a playoff game from last year. The best playoff game. I didn't think Super Bowl 51 was the best playoff game. I thought it was Packers beating the Cowboys in Big D. Very hip. It's one.
4: very hip- Really? That's very hipster of you. Yeah, yes. I- The 25-point <laughs>
2: comeback in the Super Bowl. Nah. Over o- First in the Super Bowl. Eh. Hard pass. This was the game. But anyway, now we get a chance to see how the Incredible Cowboys game. react uh, here, uh, Greg, because they let one get away last week.
4: They did, and – You could say that they let one get away last season. Dak Prescott, before Tom Brady ever did it, had an incredible fourth-quarter comeback to put this team back in position. It really put it over the top with me in terms of Dak Prescott, the way he handled that. This year hasn't been as easy for him, and that's partly because of Des Bryant. They really can't stretch the field. Des Bryant, 16 catches on 40 targets, and this is the reason the Packers drafted Kevin King was because Des dragged the Packers secondary up and down the field in that playoff game. I kind of can't see Dez doing that. Prove me wrong. Maybe, maybe
1: he can do it. I'm with you. I mean, I for me, it starts that every week this season, I don't see the same offensive line from last year. That too. Dak is getting pressured. I think the the run game is not as automatic as it was, although I do think that Zeke Elliott is running as well as we've seen all season. Last week, he looked good. It's just that you can't grind out these 10-minute drives with this offense right now. I
2: think the Cowboys aren't there yet. I think they might be getting there. It might take some time, but I think they're getting the Packers at the right time here. Uh, Devontae Adams, who got just drilled by Danny Trevathan – leading to that suspension. Uh, he was, uh, we're taping this on Thursday afternoon, limited in practice. Might uh, play, might he play. might play, but also do not consider it a surprise if you don't see him. And then Ty Montgomery, that's, that's a big deal. So he's their starting running back. He has multiple rib fra- fractured ribs and it's like, oh, he's practicing. We might see him. Yeah, but you're going to actually take hits as a running back with Clap broken jacket, ribs? know, the baby. You
1: know, the one you, got, you know. mentioned Sean Lee. He did not practice on Thursday no, either. That's this, a concern. this defense is totally different without Sean
4: Lee. And the Packers, it sounds at this point, are going to get back, or at least they're optimistic. Brian Bulaga and David Bakhtiari, they're two great tackles. I loved what I saw out of Rodgers last week. It was a very mature game, kind of letting the game come to him, that he's not trying to do too much in – Less people around him. me. I think he played really fantastic. I want to see if that's that's a way to keep get going, like and just outsmart other teams, like I, the Cowboys. I
2: liked how you put it, Greg, in your QB index. That it was almost like you didn't put this, but I'll kind of what your sentiment was. Periphrate. It was like a Porsche type uh, version of a game manager game yeah. by Aaron Rodgers, or like a Ferrari game manager. Exactly. Or whatever is a fancy car. I'm not yeah. a car guy. I can get under a hood and pop a couple lug nuts lug nuts, and get some things fixed. Really? And then send it back on the road. You need an oil change? I'll take care of that. Pop the hood. Get me under yeah. there. Get me under the old muffler. I can do that, too. But uh, you, you don't
1: know. have, like, car calendars it's like, around your yeah. yeah. house, though. Instead. It's like yeah, some, yeah.
4: sometimes, you know, Rogers, he he's, he get he tries to be a little too fancy. This time yeah. he's got two hands on the wheel, and then every once in a while, nice when car he really has- needs to rev it up, he does yes. it.
2: Ten and two. The ref. All right, Mark. So I know you use uh, a a automatic transmission, manual transmission. You could rev it. Bang. Bang it. And then you could really take off in your car on those four wheels. Every car has got four wheels.
1: I mean, I'll say this. If you're not a car guy, (laughs) I don't know what category that puts me in.
3: Or a car girl. Is, uh, I'm not gonna, into the web you posting. go. I'm
1: not going to call myself a car girl. I'm a car. I'm a car person. I'm not, not a, a car person. This is not a I'm group. taking no possession over anything. I
2: spell woman with a Y, by the way. That's Erica knows I'm on her side. Are
1: you? Are you into cars, Erica? No. Okay. This is not a group of car. People. No, I mean West
2: well, Wes
4: didn't even have else, one. Wes, Wes, Wes. At one
1: point, <laughs> Wes. At one point, me? he 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 had people coming up. He was trying to sell his car. He gave his car away yeah. for like two, 180 bucks to someone. Well, he
4: gave it to him and said, "Yeah, pay me when I get back." Never, ne- never, I was saw, like, gave never gave saw the, the guy away. again. That was
2: Wes. I mean, it was like, a jalopy. That was like, right fret, yeah, old Irish. We called it. It was like a 1937 Toyota Camry, but um, <laughs>
1: had like cats in the back seat.
2: But, uh, no, like Wes. I think he had been on the island too long. Yeah. Because he got to L.A. and he had this, this piece of shit car. And then the um, he found a man that would take the car off his hands. And, yeah, he said, oh, can you, okay, can we get, like, some money for it? And the guy's like, I think the guy offered Wes money. And Wes was like, I'm going home. Hit me up when I get back. And they just never heard from the guy again. Well, I mean, you know, a little hard knocks lesson there for the mailman. Yeah. In retrospect. <laughs> I mean We miss go, you, Wes.
4: Yeah, go easy on the poor guy. You're just burying him in a big su- no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, it's just
2: one of we, my favorite West stories. We, yeah, West we knows that. that. car
1: was worth about $84, so. Uh That's it's true, it's
2: true. basically, yeah, it was an it was an incident that cost him probably $214. Let's move on and talk about Sunday night football. The Kansas City Chiefs 4 and 0 uh and uh coming off of that 29-20 win on Monday night against the Redskins, now travel to Houston and this is an excellent Excellent game. Sometimes the Sunday night football scheduling gods, it wow. works out perfectly. It's like they, this is paying them
4: back for Jacoby Brissett is you get Deshaun Watson at this yeah, time you, and place. You yeah. get him
2: exactly when his as star moment, when he's just kind of bursting into the national view. And this is a huge game uh, for the Texans to me because I we just talked about this on our NFL Network hit earlier today. I am of the opinion that the, the Texans, all they've ever been looking for, they've had the, all these other pieces, and I like their head coach. They've always needed a quarterback, and it very much looks like now they have an answer at quarterback and a difference-maker at quarterback. If he comes out in primetime on Sunday night and whips up on a very good uh, Chiefs defense, ranked second in the league and making big plays every week, then you know you're for certain that there's something very special going on down in Houston
1: absolutely and who would have thought late august that we would be looking in week 5 at one of the best quarterback matchups of the year between Alex Smith and Deshaun Watson <laughs> and i point. you know what alex smith does belong in that in that in that claim because what i saw him do on monday night and you just said about it with a game manager type guy who does something much more the, whatever the car reference was. I, you lost me with all the cars. Ferrari, Ferrari. Ferrari game manager. Alex game manager Smith, with a couple extra little parts. Alex Smith was was that and more on Monday night. He really was. And, he, and this is another guy that has so many parts around him. And with the Texans, this is the first time with Bill O'Brien – Week one, seven points. Week two, 13, and that's when we started. Then the, then the switch for Which was Watson. I that mean, was Watson, but then but then the jump. 33 points the next week. 57. You always had to plan around the quarterback when you were Bill O'Brien. Terrible quarterback play. How do you mask it? With the defense and whatever you can get out to Andre Hopkins and fill in the blank signal caller. Now, teams have to look at Deshaun Watson and say, how do we deal with that and everything else they're bringing? Well, teams are going to start to adjust. I don't
4: think it'll necessarily happen this week. They'll come up with ways to to bug Watson. But the thing that I love watching them is he helps their running game so much. And maybe O'Brien underrated that when he chose Tom Savage as the Week one starter. Not just Watson's ability to run, but the threat of him running and how they're using him in play action and option routes. And suddenly this Texans offense doesn't look so thin. Like suddenly the offensive line looks okay with, when Deshaun Watson's yeah. out there. Now Will Fuller's back. I thought he was a big addition last week. I thought he looked better last week than he really did during his rookie season. Suddenly you get Dante Foreman in the mix along with Lamar Miller, and it's like you got some
1: pieces here. It's not just one guy. It will be a great challenge. You got Marcus Peters on the, in the secondary for Kansas City. This is this will be. A, I'm finally, thankfully, like we're getting a primetime game that I really get ready re- re- H- up for.
2: Houston's performance against Tennessee. They scored five straight times to start the game, and it's funny because when Watson first entered the fray way back in week two now, uh, he looked very much like a rookie, and they still won the game, but he, you could tell he was not comfortable. And
1: they won it because of him, too. But Yeah, uh,
2: he made a big play at the end of the game, but the difference between him three weeks ago and now the guy looked like he was in total control. Right. Uh, And it's just – I think it's something special that we're watching. You mentioned
4: the the first half. The most impressive drive for me was right after halftime, he – did one of those game manager take what the defense gives you. They basically decided after he ripped them sh- to shreds in the first half, let's back off, let's make this rookie work his way down the field, see if he makes a mistake, keep everything in front of us. And you know what he did? He just patiently, kind of calmly looked through his receivers, did 11 play, 12 play drive, got
2: the touchdown that way too. And I was just like, wow, this kid, he's mature. He's comfortable in the pocket. He sells um, you know, different – he's he's able to sell the handoffs and the and the flips, that Lamar so Miller touchdown. He just looks so comfortable as a pro quarterback. So, uh, who you guys got in this game, by the way? I'm going to take the Texans at home. I feel like the Chiefs are just due for a loss.
1: I'm going to go Chiefs, but I that's not a knock on the Houston Texans. I think this is going to be a really, really good game.
2: Yeah, I got Houston in that. All right, lastly, Minnesota and Chicago, Monday Night Football. And this one wasn't shaping up too hot, let's face it. Um, uh, a week ago, but now we're going to get Mitch Trubisky, Greg Rosenthal, making his NFL debut, Mike Lennon to the bench for the Bears, uh, which adds a lot of intrigue to this game. Uh, your thoughts? Going
4: back to, to his preseason, I watched a little of it again, checked out what I wrote, and and it was a lot of what I just said about Deshaun Watson, that he – Trubisky looks so comfortable – in the games. He had a natural rhythm, like an anticipation, like Jay Cutler. You still don't see him anticipate routes. Trubisky was throwing it before guys made their break. Like he just looked like he was made to play football and so accurate moves. Well, should help the running game. It, it got me wondering, like I, I should, we should stop having opinions on things in the NFL draft. What, what do I know about Mitch Trubisky? I still don't know, but I shouldn't be slamming them for giving up a lot to trade up for number two. Cause if he's a franchise quarterback, they haven't really had one in the whoa. 40 years.
2: It wasn't just you. It was everyone really had fun at the Bears' expense of that pick. And it's so funny because – Partly because every- of Glennon. And they weren't
4: planning yeah, for right. that all to happen in order. They would obviously take back yeah, the Yeah, partly because of
2: Glennon, but also everybody basically saying, oh, what a reach and all this. Like nobody knows and we're not even going to start to find out until Monday, which is like six months later. So whatever, everybody.
1: <laughs> to Greg's point, it's been 4,299 <laughs> days on Monday night since the Bears started a rookie quarterback who was Kyle Orton way back in 2007. Six, They don't draft quarterbacks. They don't really develop guys. They've always done this sort of sign the Mike Lennon type figure over and over. And if you talk to Bears fans down in our newsroom, you know, Adam Rank, for instance. Of which has there his, are many. Strength. There are a bunch. But yeah. Adam Rank has his top five Bears quarterbacks. Tylerton was good for that team, by the way. He was OK, but he doesn't even go to five. It only goes to three. And Trubisky's already on the list, if I'm not mistaken. So wow. at least this turns what would have been a horrible. It's depressing when Monday Night Football has a crap matchup. And you can you can try to shine it up and say it's great. Look at me. I'm a league guy. But, like, no, honestly, oh, some of this? these games. Was,
4: what is the subtweeting going on
1: here? Look at me. I'm a league guy. Yeah. Shine it up. I'm great. I mean. That was
2: definitely. That's guy. what
1: our entire network must do is act like. But that was toward Greg. Greg. It is not towards Greg. I mean, if you're it gonna just say, it, just, just say it, just say it. I don't think you would have liked. You would have, you like this uh, game if Mike Glennon were starting? No,
4: you would have. Hey, Case, All right. I'm also well, hoping Mike Sam Glennon
1: made it unwatchable. Now it's exciting.
4: I'm hoping I'm Case Keenum, it, who has played really well. I thought he played really well against. Detroit, I'm not, I don't know if he played it was really well against the Lions. I, I do. I think I don't he played know. well. I three drives ended it, with fumbles there was, from his teammates and other a couple others did.
1: Was drop. he not totally out of sync on, down the stretch on the, on his the right last His right tackle let drives. him down
2: too. I'll tell you what. At the end of that game, it didn't even give him a chance when he took that sack on third down.
1: I'm just saying a quarterback playing really well in the NFL. That's not what I saw. Seven from points Case Keenan seven in points. the fourth quarter against the Lions, but he did fine. I, I guess my point is he's been,
4: played well, but we still need a little Sammy, Sammy Brad. I think It sounds like he might be back.
2: Yeah, for this maybe game. maybe yeah. we'll be back. That'd I guess it did. We were doing our pick segment. We were shooting it at the cornhole boards yesterday, and, and Greg was getting all excited about Case Keenum on the road in primetime, and I was just shocked to hear it. But
4: I think he's played well, and I give credit to Pat Shermer, not a guy who's gotten a lot of love on this podcast, because guys are open. He's throwing the ball down the field. I really did think it was his teammates all around that let, let them down. Three fumbles, a couple drops, right tackle, all that. And their defense is playing really well. This is not an easy matchup for Trubisky. Yeah, uh, the secondary is a t- tough matchup. Everson Griffin's playing fantastic for Minnesota.
2: All right, so there you go. That is the uh, week five preview. Uh, next time you hear from us, it will be on uh, Sunday night, our flagship program where we'll break down all these games we just previewed. But it won't be your last chance to see
1: us. That's a call to transition in the business. And show business, Mike. unless so in, Until you start to explain that it was a transition. Right. It starts we've to been, lose we've been through this, just, Dan, in, just a bit.
4: Welcome to show business, folks. All right.
1: Rich Eisen's never like, what <laughs>
4: about that? A- <laughs> a- there we go.
2: NFL A-Bone. Pick'em, which is the NFL Network program that we are a part of, airs uh, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 2 p.m. on Saturday, all Eastern Standard Time, and Sunday at 6 a.m. Eastern, which, of course, leads into game day. Morning with our good friend Connie Fox. So make sure you check that out. Uh, uh, So let's uh, let's let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's talk to Erica. We gotta talk some things out with Erica. Clear the air. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the boss, and the 2017 podcast Woman of the Year, Erica Tamposi. Till Sunday.